There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Catch Big Red Wrap-Up, game highlights and analysis on NET, Nebraska's PBS and NPR stations. Tuesday nights live at 7 on NET World and Facebook, and at 10 on NET. Welcome to the Mind Your Own Podcast with Aaron Sorensen and Sasha Durkin. Where we stick to sports, except when we're not. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Own Podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Sasha. And I'm just going to just tell you right now, I actually did my homework for this episode. I did not come into this episode uh, without any of the links, any uh, anything open in front of me, I actually came prepared for this one. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. I'm a little bit. I didn't like, I tried to keep my um, emotions for the episode. <laughs> so I didn't waste my, my anger oh, before. <laughs> Anybody who's listening is now like, what are we in for? <laughs> but first, I hope all of you had a good holiday. It was... Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it was a pretty quiet weekend overall yeah. for me. They yeah. go to Iowa City. I made it. Yeah. So, yeah. And I saw you, your turkey turned out. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It was so good. It took way longer than than we were anticipating. Brian was like, oh, no, it's going to take four to five hours. And I was like, dude, anything I've read, it's going to take seven to eight. And he goes, oh, no, we'll be fine. Yeah. So you ate much later than you expected. Oh, yeah. Yeah. By like three hours later. Oh, no. I was like, I'm going to gnaw my arm off if you don't figure this temperature thing out, dude. Like, oh, I'm no. so hungry. But it, it was good. good, though. It was very good. It looked good. Did you do like all the sides and everything? Yeah. Um, but I had to uh, keep everything in for a little bit longer. Like, I was yep. trying to keep everything warm. Yep. So it wasn't like tip top, like, amazingness for the sides, but it was edible. So it was <laughs> fine. <laughs> yeah. It was. Um, my thanks my Thanksgiving was pretty quiet. Uh, then I went to Iowa City, and I do have to just say, I not that there is a large group of Iowa listeners for this particular podcast, although if there is, thank you for being here. Um, I do have to shout out Iowa though, the University of Iowa. I felt their entire press box situation was mm-hmm. phenomenal from. The way that they handled everything with their COVID um, protocols to how they cared for the media, it was it was incredible. That's not to say Nebraska hasn't done a good job, but like yeah. this was, I was so floored. Which just they were very serious about you needed to be in your spot. You you shouldn't have been up moving around unless you needed to be. Mm-hmm. They were very serious about masks. It's just those things that you know. It, it shouldn't be this political thing and yeah. they didn't make it that way. It was just very much, here's the expectation. And if you can't follow those guidelines, then we'll have to ask you to leave. Yeah. I just had a great experience. So again, if you just happen to be an Iowa fan listening to this podcast, just know that I, I really appreciated my entire, my entire experience at Iowa. That's awesome. So it was a good weekend. Yeah. And it, boring, like for the most part, it was boring. Like, Unless you are a fan of Vanderbilt football. Yeah. Or literally just 
women doing awesome Kicking stuff in ass. general. <laughs> yeah. So if you, if you thought that they were, we were going to come into this week's podcast and not just dedicate pretty much this entire episode to Sarah Fuller yeah. at Vanderbilt, you were crazy. Now yeah. I will tell you, there are a couple other things I want to mention around this, but we might as well just title this podcast an ode to Sarah Fuller because that is what this is. And I, I do, it's like I said, I came prepared. I didn't even tell you, but I did come prepared. I really want to talk about two things around the Sarah Fuller story. Yeah. First and foremost, her. Mm -hmm. She needs to be the primary piece of everything that we talk about. But I also want to talk about the reaction to her. Yeah. And the reason that that's important, and we'll get into that, I feel like, second, because I want to put the spotlight firmly on her. But I, I want to point something out. I brought this up in a previous episode. I talked about how after the, or, well, not after the 2016 elections, but around the 2016 presidential election, a lot of women started creating private Facebook groups. Mm -hmm. You, as a woman, if you are a woman listening to this, you may not be in those groups or maybe you're you're listening to this and going like, that sounds amazing. I wish I would have like known about these things. This This was something that started to happen though because women found themselves being mansplained or uh -huh. having people attack them for viewpoints that didn't align to be quite frank with a white male viewpoint. Right. So women went to these, these private Facebook groups and I'm still in a few of them. Yeah. And I actually love these groups. I post in them probably more than I do any other social media accounts or anywhere else that I am on the internet because I feel in a way it's a safe it's space safe. Yeah. And I, I shared that. And, you know, one of our uh, listeners who we really appreciate, Sky, said, you know, I didn't realize this was something. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, this this is women. Women have to protect themselves on the Internet. Yeah. And Sarah Fuller's story is an example of that. But I, I don't want her story to lead with that because I feel like it would completely just toss aside what she did. Yeah. So if you have been living under a rock, allow me to just give you the quick Sarah Fuller recap. Sarah Fuller is a senior on the Vanderbilt soccer team. If you say to me, hey, Aaron, why didn't you say the, you know, the v Vanderbilt women's soccer team? Because Vanderbilt doesn't have a men's soccer team. In mm -hmm. fact, most SEC schools do not. I think two of them do. The Big Ten only has a few themselves men's teams are just honestly not that prominent. So I'm just going to call it the Vanderbilt soccer team yeah, because <laughs> there is no men's team. So for really quick, I have to just point this out, not to be completely all over the place, but I knew very instantly who did their research and who didn't by the people who were like, why didn't they go to the men's team? Because there isn't one. Right. Yeah. So anyway, um, Sarah is a phenomenal soccer player. She has um, been named. <laughs> she actually has just helped like, right before this last weekend had helped Vanderbilt win the 2020 SEC tournament. Mm -hmm. um, she's an incredible athlete herself, but I'm looking at her bio and I mean, it is just outstanding. She is, she's just an incredible athlete. Mm -hmm. um, so why this is important? Well, let me grab her whole deal. So Sarah was tabbed by the Vanderbilt football team after they had an outbreak of COVID mm -hmm. on their team, which eliminated, that sounds really dramatic, but it took out 
all of their kickers, essentially. They had no kickers available for their game against Missouri. So they looked for secondary options, and Sarah Fuller became the option. Mm -hmm. Um, This is not uncommon. In fact, for Nebraska fans who are trying to find some way to tie this to themselves, we actually asked Scott Frost about that last year. In 2019, Mm -hmm. when Nebraska was having some kicker issues, we actually did ask him, would you consider going to the women's soccer team and finding somebody if you had to and Nebraska didn't need to because they had Lane McCallum who had kicking experience Mm -hmm. but when you saw him come in it's the same thing they started looking for another option that is what Vanderbilt did they found Sarah Fuller and she suited up on Saturday the thing is is for people who are going well haven't I seen women suit up for collegiate football teams before to kick Mm -hmm. yes you have in fact she became the third what makes her situation particularly particularly unique though is if she were able to play she would become the first woman to play in a power five football game so they're actually one woman she she was on the Colorado roster but never kicked in a game and so when she did it finally kick in a game she had actually transferred away from Colorado Mm -hmm. at that point so other women have cracked the ceiling pretty good this was a pretty this was the like let me shatter the damn thing and Vanderbilt let's be honest not very good Mm -hmm. they their offense didn't do much to get her in any real situation to actually be able to kick which is unfortunate but to be honest that's just because Vanderbilt's not that good Mm -hmm. but she oh my gosh it was I was on my way back from Iowa and I was watching Twitter and I actually had followed an account on Twitter that was like all they were doing was tweeting when she would go into the game so Mm -hmm. I had the notifications turned on and I'm like okay at least this account will alert me when she she goes in and after halftime they have her kickoff Mm -hmm. and I hadn't even seen the kick and I was already in the car crying yeah because I just was overwhelmed by the idea that Sarah Fuller, oh, a young woman who was put on the Vanderbilt football team this last week, mm-hmm. was being put into a game and asked to do something that is not – kicking is not easy, to right. be clear. Like, there's a reason that kickers are high value. And if you're a Nebraska fan, you know this firsthand <laughs> yes, you because do. you were spoiled with some really good kickers over a long period of time. And when that was gone, mm-hmm. how many of you have complained over the last few years that – we, we just kicking oh, issues. we just really wanted to, you know, yeah. you know what it is. Mm-hmm. So kicking is is something that is not easy. And I'll be honest, I lived in a bubble for a little while that day before I really ventured out of it. I knew I knew it would be out there, but I was just, I just wanted to like sit with what she did. Yeah, I just wanted to sit with it because she she changed. She changed everything. And I want to point out that she actually was named the SEC Special Teams Player of the Week. And is some of that a little performative? Sure. Mm-hmm. But she made history. So I just want to say this is from this is from a local um, Tennessee publication or news station. Mm-hmm. That's the word I'm looking for, <laughs> news station. The Southeastern Conference named Vanderbilt Sarah Fuller Special Teams Player of the Week. Fuller made history Saturday after becoming the first woman to play, and they said a major conference football game. It's a power five. Mm-hmm. Let's just be – let's 
She completed an opening 30-yard kick off the Commodores against the Missouri Tigers, and opening's a little misleading against second half, and was downed at the 35-yard line. Fuller tweeted, let's make history ahead of the game, and received a shout-out from Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. Hillary Clinton tweeted, thank you, Sarah, for helping to prove that women and girls belong on every playing field, quite literally. Um, She also, and then they add, she also plays keeper for Vanderbilt's soccer team. So... (laughs) At, at its core, Sarah Fuller is, until the end of time, an absolute badass. Mm-hmm. She went on to say afterwards, she did a post-game interview, all I want to do is be a good influence to young girls out there because there were times I struggled in sports, but I'm so thankful that I stuck with it, and it's given me so many opportunities, and I've met so many amazing people through sports. And I just want to say that literally you can do anything that you set your mind to. And if you're somebody who's like, well... What's her plan going forward? She said she has every plan to stick with the football team as long as they'll have her. Once the kickers are cleared from their coronavirus protocols, she'll stick around as long as they'll have her. She, again, was a senior goalkeeper on Vanderbilt's soccer team. Um, She said, I would love to learn more. So if those guys come out of quarantine, I'd love to learn from them and their experience. I've been having a lot of fun doing this. It's a challenge for me. It's something I know I can do. It's It's applicable from doing a goal keep to a field goal kick. So I wanted to keep learning. I want to continue learning. And if those guys can help me, I'm all for it. Mm -hmm. And she basically said, I'm sticking around until until somebody tells me to go. Now, unfortunately, (laughs) um, Vanderbilt's coach has been fired. I don't think that has anything to do with it. Yeah. Um, he, who, they're, I, I just can't imagine that, you know, and their interim coach is going to be like, all right, hit the, hit the road. Right. I think as long as she wants to stick around, they're probably going to say great because especially mm-hmm. in a season like this where you just don't know what's going to happen, it probably doesn't hurt to have an extra, if you have the space on your roster, it yep. doesn't hurt to have an extra set of legs if, right. if you're going to need it. Um, and it was kind of, you know, she she proved to be somebody. And this is what's really cool about this. And I'm doing a terrible job telling the story because I'm, I'm more fired up about everything. And that's why I wanted to talk about her first because I knew it's really easy to get fired up about the other stuff surrounding the story. Yeah. But we have to be equally fired up about her, um, which I am, for the record. She's amazing. I followed her on Twitter, followed her on Instagram. I'm, like, officially, like, a fan page of hers. In fact, if you follow me on Twitter, I am just now a Sarah fan account. It's fine. (laughs) Um, But she – this is what's so cool to me. With Vanderbilt trailing 21-0 to at halftime, she wanted to address the team. Mm -hmm. Here's this person who's, like, brand new to this, and she's like, if I'm being honest, I was – if I'm being honest, I was a, a little pissed at how quiet everyone was on the sideline. She's yeah. like, we made a first down and I was the only one cheering. I was like, what the heck? What's going on? And I tried to get them pumped up. So here's this incredible person who is brand new to this team. And she's sitting there like, look, I'm yeah. on a championship team. I know how to win. And like, this is not how you do it. And so she's the one leading yeah. all of these men. I love that. And here's the thing. I do not think a single one of those men on that team gave a shit that she was a woman. Because when you're when you're a team player, you don't care who is helping you win. No, as long as they're helping you in some way. And if that means kicking your ass and like trying to get you stoked on the sidelines, then all, like it doesn't matter who it is. Yeah. She's a part of the team. She is in that's the thing that's really interesting to me is that 
when I finally, when I've shared something about it and I finally started kind of looking at the responses to it, a lot of the people who are liking and commenting were, um, were players of other teams. Mm-hmm. There, there were a lot of, I mean, I saw a number of former specialists for Nebraska who were tweeting about this moment and how cool it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Jordan Ober, one of Nebraska's former um, long snappers, he tweeted for the brand, which is, you know, a big thing if you're into kicking and mm-hmm. special teams. Um, it, it, I also saw a lot of NFL players tweeting about her. And when we talk about allies, there was so much allyship in this moment. Mm-hmm. And it was coming from people where it matters. These are people who are on football teams, have yeah. been on football teams, have been on rosters, who've played on teams that understand that, like, she's there to do a job. And if she's doing her job – who cares if yeah. she's a woman? And I love the fact that she has just been so, so confident since. I mean, people who criticized her kick, she went and tweeted an old video of her kicking basically the entire length of a soccer field and yeah. was like, I'm just going to leave this here. I love her confidence. Right. She has. She does not care what anyone thinks. She doesn't, and I hope she never changes yeah. because that was – she's a total badass. Like, I'm sitting there thinking, like, I get, like, caught up reading the comments on the internet, and I'm sure it's hard for her, but she's she's just, like, living her life. And yeah. you know what? She's doing damn better than a lot of us are. Yeah. So, I, I mean, when we look at Sarah Fuller, the individual, the young woman, what she did, what she did was – incredible. And I mean, this is a young woman who has been named to multiple SEC academic honor rolls. Mm -hmm. She has um, basically written features about making a fuller impact, like of that name, like use of her name. I mean, she's, she's outstanding. And she now not only has her bio on the soccer team page mm-hmm. on Vanderbilt's website. She's now on the football roster. Yeah. She's incredible. Badass. She's incredible. I, I, I love her. I love her. It, like I said, I am forever and ever now a fan page of hers. Yeah. And it's, it's great. I think like we, we talk a lot about like finding silver linings and bright spots in the year that has been 2020. And honestly, I think for women mm-hmm. in, in, in roles and, smashing ceilings it's been it's been incredible this is like icing on a cake of of just absolute decadence and like finally like Mm -hmm. finally finally I mean this weekend was actually quite phenomenal for women in sports Callie Brown um Callie Brownson excuse me she's she works she's the chief of staff for the Cleveland Browns she Mm -hmm. became the first female interim position coach in NFL history on Sunday when the Cleveland Browns tight ends coach was unable to make it after his wife gave birth to the the couple's first child, which congratulations to him. That's incredible. You get to go live your life and not have to worry because guess who's coming in to help you? Callie Brownson. And so she did something incredible where, again, it doesn't matter if a team wins or loses or anything else. What Callie did was a first, and this is, okay, we have to get into this now. And I, I I would love to spend more time, and I encourage you, please, 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 if you're somebody who's like, I want to spend more time on the story, spend less time on the comments and... Just read up on her. Go read on Callie Brownson yeah. and her story. Go read on Sarah Fuller and her story. Go read on these women and what they're doing. And their journey to get where they are, because yes. that's honestly, like, it's kick-ass what they're doing, but the amount of hard work and dedication mm-hmm. to get where they are and have those opportunities is incredible. Yep. And so spend your time there. If, if 
we always challenge you with something. So let's challenge you now. If you're going to spend more time with the story, go spend more time learning about these women and go learn about their teammates, the people yeah. that they've played with, because they're not the only ones. Yep. Um, unfortunately, which we sort of could have, well, we saw coming. We knew this was going to happen. Mm. The moment, the mo the moment the story broke from the second I saw the like start of the story, which I remember I was in the Iowa press box and I'm seeing the story and I'm texting my mom and I'm texting my fiance. I'm like, okay, this would be really, really cool. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I know that there's going to be negative comments. Mm -hmm. And certainly like, I mean, before it was even confirmed, people are like, I can't stop laughing at this. I hope she made the team some cookies too. I will pray for a botch nap and see what happens. Any leaked noons? Gang bang in the locker room. LMAO. Hope she gets tackled. LOL. I hope someone cleans her clock. I hope she gets hit out there. It's going to be funny. First and foremost, for the people who said, I hope she gets hit. She's a f***ing keeper. She, she could probably take a goddamn hit from somebody and you know what, not only survive it, but probably thrive from it. She's mm -hmm. six, two. She's not me. I am five foot four. Look, everyone, I get it. I ain't going out there and lining up against a defensive line in the, in, in college football. Yeah. Like I am not built for it. Literally John Cook told me my body type is not even great for volleyball. That is just who I am. I am not built to be a volleyball player. <laughs> right. I am not built to be a football player. Like I know these things about myself. Sarah Fuller is 6'2", and she's a keeper. Do you know how tough keepers are? If you do yeah. not know how tough keepers are, you should spend a little bit of time watching soccer because she would have steamrolled somebody if she had to. And you know what? If she got hit, she would have done her job and gotten up because yes. that is, guess what? Football has this thing called a helmet and pads and things that protect you. Yeah. Like, are you joking with me here? Like, yeah. I'm sorry. For anybody who's like, I hope she gets hit, like, what is wrong with you? First and foremost, how about we play a game where we line you up against, against Sarah Fuller and see how well you survive? Because I guarantee you'll get knocked down, but you won't get up again. No, because stop chumble wumba. <laughs> and for those of you who are suggesting things like a gangbang, that's sexual assault, mm. and you suggesting it makes you a terrible person. And for the record, so many of the people who did this, I, this is one of my favorite games. I love to click on the profiles of these people, mm -hmm. whether it be on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or wherever it is, and click on them and go look because usually their pro their bios are God, family, love, mm -hmm. treat others with respect. Like some of you all are just like pathetic, crazy. Like that's and I don't like yeah. using the word crazy in that way, but like that that is like crazy behavior. Mm -hmm. And you know what? A woman can make cookies and kick a football. At the same time, men can do the same thing. So yeah. the thing that's so frustrating about this for me is I posted afterward when I when I kind of like had a moment with myself and I'm like, I'm crying. I'm going to tweet about this because this is something significant in my life, like mm -hmm. to see her do this. And I, I basically said, like, if you're going to come and bring negative, if you're going to come and be negative about this and tell me, like, it was a bad kick, like, spare me, spare me on this. Because for the record, for anybody who said, well, it was a bad kick, it was low, I need you to do some research. I need you to Google what a squib kick is, and I need you to actually watch. <laughs> Nebraska had a few on Saturday if you need, or Friday if you need a reference point. Yeah, squib kicks are designed <laughs> kicks. They're meant to be low. They will they will often bounce. That's mm -hmm. the intention. And if you look at how the field is set up, Vanderbilt's 
Vanderbilt's team was going the direction of that kick because they knew if for some reason Missouri botched that kick, if it bounced and he did not grab that, it was an opportunity for them to get the ball. Mm-hmm. I just, you're, you're, you're just, I'm sorry. Also, you're telling on yourselves that you don't understand football. So I just, I have to say this. So many people come at me and tell me like, ugh, you've never played the game. You don't understand football. Have you? If, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that apparently you never learned what a squib kick was in like little league, like little like peewee football because I somehow know what it is. So spare me next time you want to come at me and say, I don't know anything about sports because yeah. I knew. And it was funny because people came to me and were I like, I didn't well, I see it live. I saw the replay and I instantly knew what they were doing. Yeah, it was so designed. What are you? It was I funny. saw those comments and I was just like going out of my mind because I didn't under like. Have you want, watched football before? I didn't want to respond to it at first. Yeah. So that's why I was like, spare me on your stuff. And a couple of people came and were like, well, it was a design kick. I'm like, yes, I know. Like it, it was right. designed and I'm glad that you know that. Like I just didn't feel like I needed to sit here and like tell you all that like, hey, be smart enough to like acknowledge that this was a design kick. And Vanderbilt's coach even afterwards was like, we designed that kick for her. Like mm-hmm. we designed it. Here's the thing. This is a young woman who's never kicked in a football yeah. game before, you you could probably have said, go out there and boom the crap out of it. And she probably could have done it just fine. But are you, like, are you feeling like, one, your team was already garbage. Like, the team itself was not very good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, if you're looking at the odds of, like, where the ball is going to end up, is, is the 35 pretty good? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, if, if that's a good field position, like, you're going to put her in the position to be the most successful that she can. And to be honest with you, for by the end of the day. For her and for the team. Yeah, she probably had one of the most successful plays of the day, if I'm being mm-hmm. honest. Like, everything else Vanderbilt did was pretty much terrible. Like, mm-hmm. there were moments where I'm like, oh, the offense is finally starting to drive closer and closer. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, they're not going to get there. It's just, I, the one that really bothered me, and I ended up, I didn't respond and so if this individual listens to this podcast, welcome. Um, and please, if, if you're somebody, don't go try, don't go looking for this tweet mm-hmm. to go call this person out. It's not a big deal. I purposely didn't, I didn't, I purposely didn't respond. Um, I almost did. But to my response that like her doing this showed women, young girl, girls, young women everywhere, like what's possible, like mm-hmm. what they can do. Somebody quote tweeted me and basically was like, my daughters will never play football. It's a dude sport. And here's the thing, random, random dude on the internet. Your daughters don't have to play football. Your daughters don't have to play any sports. Your daughters maybe will be interested in dance. Maybe, well, I consider dance a sport. I think dance is a sport, just to be clear. Um, But maybe they want to play an instrument. Maybe Mm -hmm. they want to be in show choir. Maybe they don't want to do anything. Maybe they just really want to immerse themselves in their studies or maybe they don't care about any of that like the thing is about being a human is you have all of these options in front of you Mm -hmm. and you get to choose what you want to do what Sarah Fuller did by kicking on Saturday for Vanderbilt or what Hillary Clinton did when she was she became the first major party not woman first woman to be nominated for a major party Mm -hmm. or what Kamala Harris did when she became vice president-elect every every one of these things that happens over time or so think of any woman who is the first to call a football game the first to do this because they're inevitably going to face a lot of Mm -hmm. a lot of noise I don't like her voice I don't like this I don't like this I don't like this but it doesn't matter because 
what they're doing is they're showing your daughters that any of this stuff is possible. So your daughters may not be interested in football. They may not be interested in politics. They may not be interested in doing this, or they may not be interested in doing this, but you know what? They have the option. And that's what's so cool about this. And this is, if I could have responded at the time without, and I ultimately realized like this conversation could not have happened on Twitter if I would have really sincerely responded. Mm -hmm. This individual would just been like, I don't care. Yeah. I, I don't care what your daughters or your sons do with their lives, Mm -hmm. as long as they're good people. Um, and obviously good is subjective, but you know what I mean? Like treating people, respect, decent decent people. Um, I don't care what they do. I, I really don't like, I, I does not matter to me, but I would like your daughters and your sons to know that everything is possible. Mm -hmm. Everything is available to them. Like the world is truly theirs to discover. And if they want to wear dresses or not wear dresses, if they want to wear this or not wear this, if they want to wear makeup or not wear makeup, it's all there for them. Right. Like, And who's not to say that your daughter seeing this won't be later inspired thinking about that moment to do something that mm-hmm. hasn't been done by a woman yet. Well, so like your, that comment doesn't, to me, it doesn't make sense when you explicitly say, oh, my daughter, will n- my daughter or son will never do this. Oh, they'll never do that. Well, they might want to do something that hasn't been made possible for them for whatever reason. Yeah. And, you know, I, I mean, maybe I, they smash a barrier. Are you going to be pissed off about that? Like, I'm I not, doubt it. I'm not here to tell you how to parent, but I am just going to tell you as a woman, just something that I think is really important for any of you listening to think about with your children, whether it's a young, with whether it's a girl or a boy, it does not matter. When you make comments like that on Twitter, so you've come to me and you've decided that you're going to quote tweet me and tell me that your daughters will never play football because it's a dude sport. First and foremost, it's not a dude sport because I'm here. And by you saying that would imply that like I shouldn't be around football mm-hmm. and I'm here. Um, but second, if you're saying that to a stranger on the internet, it's probably being said in your home. So if your daughters are interested in football, just by chance, like mm-hmm. if they are, they're hearing you say it's not okay for them. And that's, that's a mind game. Because I've brought this up before, but when I was growing up and I thought it'd be really cool to coach, it'd be really cool to coach football. Like I would love Mm -hmm. to coach quarterbacks and people would kind of treat that like this cute thing. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, you're so adorable. Look at that little, look at, look at the little tomboy. And like, I I hate it when people would be like, oh, she's going to find herself a husband because they're going to think it's great that she loves sports. Oh, like Mm -hmm. the thing is, is you have to remember when you say that to, to women and also when you know, boys hear this, when girls and boys hear this stuff, it's telling them what is and isn't possible. So for this individual, I hope, I'm sure he's a great dad. I'm sure he loves his daughters to the moon and back. I, I don't doubt that, but I would just say be careful with, if you're willing to say that to a stranger on the internet, I'm guessing they're hearing that similarly in the home. Even if you're not directly saying that to them, you right. are mentioning it and kids hear. Right. And that stuff that stuff can be a real mind game because mm-hmm. you come back to it later and you think like, well, I like this thing, but maybe I'm not supposed to like this thing. Mm-hmm. Like, is, is this, this a thing I'm really not supposed to be okay with? I'm, I'm just not sure. And I mean, we see it all the time when like a little, when a little boy asks for a Barbie doll and yeah. people are like, oh, oh, why mm, Barbie dolls are for girls. So now every single, single time that little boy picks up a Barbie doll, it has been put into his brain that like, this yeah. thing is not for me. And 
we're not perfect for the record. Like I've said things in the past. I will say things in the future that I will think, I wish I wouldn't have said that. Mm -hmm. Like, I wish I would have like not done that. But I think we have to be better about what we tell our children is possible. Yeah. And, and it doesn't even have to be coming directly from you. It's in the world that they live in. Mm -hmm. So I feel like cultivating a, an atmosphere that they live in where they don't have to pay attention to the noise outside of it and they can just be them as an individual because children are individuals. Mm -hmm. Just, just to, you know, we've talked about this stuff before, but my journey to get where I was, I was raised in a household where they didn't tell me I couldn't play with this toy or that toy or that I couldn't do something because I was a girl. But I did listen to what society around me said. Mm -hmm. I was 25 years old when I finally was like, oh my gosh, I actually, I think I actually can do this. Like I can, I can have a degree in sports media and it's not weird. I was 25. It takes, that was only 10 years ago, 11 years ago. It takes a long time because I mean, even so I've been, I've been in this, my job in some capacity for, you know, over a decade at this point, I've been chasing this dream. And I have to convince myself all the time that I belong here mm -hmm. because I'm constantly feeling like there's, there's something I have to prove. And to be honest with you, for anyone listening, like I don't need anyone at this point to tell me I belong. Right. This is a thing I have to come to. Like, I, it, it's just a thing that after you spend so much time and now similar to you, and we have talked about this, which if, if you want more on this particular topic, the podcast episode that we did previously is the title is Representation Matters. Mm -hmm. Go check it out. We get really fired up. Um, but it is one of my favorite episodes that we've ever <laughs> recorded. Um, I grew up in a situation with a mom who, like, never told me anything. Like, I, as far as I was concerned, everything was possible. Mm -hmm. Everything in the world. Like, I mean, I tried every every sport. Every yep. I, I danced. I played soccer. I, Which, by the way, I was made a keeper in soccer because at the time I was really tall and I was mm -hmm. not good at it. So, for the record, like, <laughs> what Sarah Fuller has done in her lifetime is not easy. Um, but... Even then, even then with like a family that was very supportive of me and, um, you know, I've always had really supportive friends and I, I would never say I've had any like real pushback from the people around me, but it, it is still like the society around it. Yep. And it's comments like this on the internet. And you know mm -hmm. what? Kids now at younger and younger ages are on the internet and can see this shit, guys. Yes. Stop. <laughs> Don't, like, if you're somebody, like, something that really upset me, something that really upset me, and I'm sorry, I won't spend too much time on this, but, like, Callie Brownson, she has a short haircut. Mm -hmm. um, I, 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 I'm so frustrated by the people who are like, looks like she wants to be a man. I, I have no words for that. I have absolutely no words for that. She is a woman. And yeah. it doesn't matter if she has short hair, long hair. It doesn't matter how she dresses, if she wants to dress in T-shirts and sweatpants mm -hmm. or stilettos. I don't, none of this matters nope. in the big scheme of things. And the fact that you feel like you have the audacity you have to go and tell her that her looks somehow factor into all of this is mind boggling to it's me. It's preposterous. What you don't do that on? to men. No, you don't talk about the guys in the booth and what they're wearing and what their hair looks like. Yeah, a, it doesn't mean anything to you. So why a, the hell on the other side of the coin does it matter? It, and there's a it really doesn't. good story in Australia, which I, I, 
encourage you to go find where a um, news broadcaster, he decided to prove a point where he wore the same suit, same tie, same shirt, everything, every single day for 365 days, full year, didn't change a thing about what he wore. And he did so because his, his, the women that he worked with would be wearing, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And they would get constant emails. I don't like that color. I don't like that fit. Oh, that makes you look this. This makes you look that. Oh, I don't like this, 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 this. He did not receive a single email in that entire year. He wore the exact same suit, exact same tie, exact same shirt. And nobody even bothered to be like, Hey, it'd be nice if you could spice it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's, it's stuff like this. That is like, when we talk about how things are systemic, this is systemic. Like this is stuff where people like, this is some stuff where people like, I don't even think are realizing what they're saying. Now, some of you are just hateful. um, Or you feel like strong or whatever, or ballsy because you're behind a keyboard. Yeah. And like, I, you know, strong women don't, don't make men weak. No, that's, that's not how that works. Like we can all, we can, we all have space in this world. Like we all have a space where like, I, I am completely aware. I'm pretty outspoken about things and I'm, I'm pretty like strong in my convictions. And I understand that like, that's, there's a lot of men who've told me that that's, that's problematic in their mindset, but you know, who doesn't find that problematic? My fiance, Yep. he really doesn't care. In fact, there are people who often like say to him, like, uh, doesn't it ever like, you know, I, I don't really always understand it what people are trying to get out, but kind of like, oh, she probably knows so much about sports. And he's like, yeah, she does. It's her job. Like, (laughs) what are you talking about? Like you strong men are not threatened by strong women. Right. That's the thing. Like those, those things can be, we can all be strong together. If you're threatened by that, there's something that's there with you. Yeah. And I just, I can't, I can't with how gross some of these comments are. I, I just can't with the misogyny because what Sarah Fuller did was so incredible. And I hope that she has now paved the way for mm-hmm. women everywhere. If there's a, if there's a girl out there right now, who's like, I really want to get into football. I really want to play football. Mm-hmm. You know what? There are some girls out there that have a stronger arm than a lot of these guys yeah. on these football teams. If you want to be a quarterback, chase that dream. It's not out of the box either, in high, especially in high school, middle school. They mm-hmm. welcome, they're really welcoming, welcoming of that. And if you want, if your daughter is listening to this or you know that she loves football and wants to try to play, be encouraging of that dream. Who knows where it'll take her? Yeah, if it's just a really good experience in her yeah. lifetime. Like if she just looks back on it and thinks like, hey, that was really fun. I had a yeah. really good time playing for the YMCA league cool if she had a really good time in high school you know playing for the her local for your local high school team cool like these things are not a bad thing like I think it should be and like again I'm not trying to tell anybody how to we're trying to tell you how I'm telling you how to (laughs) because there are some kids that just straight up don't like sports and they don't or they maybe don't like to play music but they'll find their thing that they like but the only way that they can figure out if they truly do like and or love those things is by being able to experience them and going through it by themselves so I think as parents I'm a step parent I think as apparent in some capacity that it is super important to cultivate and be supportive just Mm -hmm. being supportive it doesn't matter if your kid is a male or a female it doesn't matter 
No. They should be able to go out and try to experience things to see if they like those things. It's it, not a bad thing and it's okay. <laughs> I mean, if you're somebody who's like, well, what would my daughter do? Like about a locker room? I'm, I'm going to tell you this, this is going to shock so many people, probably not anybody listening to this podcast, but might shock someone somewhere. Um, women's locker rooms still exist. Mm-hmm. E- even, even if most of the team is in the men's locker room, the women's locker room still exists. And I don't know. I don't know. This is just me. Yeah. I don't think you all have to be naked in a locker room together to like have some kind of team bonding thing. Like mm-hmm. if that's what you guys are doing, like, okay, that's weird. Um, I- I'm just saying like, I don't think a, a couple of women who are in the women's locker room are going to miss out on something because of this. Like I, I, it's, it's really funny. I'm like, I've, I've made this comment to men who've brought this up before. We're like, Whoa, the locker room. I'm like, what are you all doing in the locker room? Because once you're changed, can't, couldn't, couldn't the women just come in once you're changed? Like, right like i don't know if anyone is like big on tiktok because i am um there's a video that went viral of this number seven um this kid in a high school and the person who's filming this whole thing happening in the locker room was a young woman so why was she so somehow she was cool to be in there to film this whole thing because they they somehow managed to keep all their clothes on Mm -hmm. like i just i don't understand that argument because it's like First and foremost, like the locker room is, yeah, a great place. But once you're changed, what's stopping? Right. And I'm if you're worried about like crude humor, I'm sorry. I face that every single day. I don't need a locker room to like, <laughs> like I. Yeah. And honestly, I sometimes think a lot of people don't actually understand what's going on in a locker room. Like, I feel like a lot of y'all don't actually, like when we hear from NFL players who are like, yeah, I would, the, the, who, who cares? Right. Doesn't matter. It's, yeah. It's because, like, they understand. They're in, it's, like, the whole, like, I I think it's because this whole, like, idea of the boys club is slowly falling apart in the yeah. way that, what like, in the old, it's like, the 1950s way of boys club. away bit by bit by bit. But that doesn't mean that, like, the locker room is any less, like, of a team thing than right. it was before just because it's not the good old boys club. Right. And I would say most of the, the men that, like, talk about these things – are pretty like we're not all in there to just like slap each other's butts and like right. like we, we respect each other <laughs> exactly. like we're not like a bunch of like like we're not neanderthals like i give give this is the thing we've talked about this before when you give the respect to women in this way you're also giving respect to men because it kind of always gives me a little bit of pause when like people are like, whoa, what are the men going to do when the women walk in there? And it's like, you're kind of basically saying that like, they can't control men can't control themselves. Like I have enough respect for men that like, I I would hope that like they can, like Mm -hmm. that is also a piece of this is we should be building each other up. And like, we shouldn't make it this common thing for like, you know, men or boys to think it's okay. Like, yeah. Uh, like I said, you need to listen to the representation matters podcast. I think that it does need to, like, it's, it's fair to mention again too, that like maybe looking at yourself when something like this happens and it makes you so uncomfortable that you feel the need to make a comment, like, why isn't she in the kitchen? Like Jesus, that is stop. First of all, it's not, it wasn't a funny joke to begin with and it still isn't now. Like I think that, there needs to be more more room for positivity in some way. Like it doesn't have to be just because a, a woman accomplished something that maybe, honestly, I'm just going to be totally honest. 
the comments, when I see comments like the ones that I see on this story on SportsCenter are typically coming from men that in some way, a woman is doing something that you can't do. And so therefore you're jealous. So you feel the need. Insecure. Insecurity. It's an insecurity thing. Like go make me cookies or you have to talk about a gangbang in the locker room. What is wrong with you? Like how fragile are you as a person and insecure? It, she's kicking ass. And I guarantee you that you couldn't go in that game and do it yourself. No. So what is your problem? I just, it's emasculating to you. Well, then there's some work that you need to do on yourself. I mean, it's, it's usually work that you have to do for yourself. And like, I want to, I want to actually just flip this around really quick. So I know that we talk a lot of, a lot about like how things are perceived um, from our perspective as women mm-hmm. and the way that like the world sort of like looks at this, but like, this is not just a, this is not just something that like women face. Like, so Kamala Harris's husband will become the first um, like second man instead of like second lady, oh. second man. I don't, yeah. but I'm anyway, sure like the wording is on that. There was something that was pointed out in a, um, I can't even remember what magazine it was. I think it might've been like people magazine or something. My mom actually noticed it where they had some really, um, they had some really just kind of like awful, the way they were kind of like almost talking about him in a way that was like, Oh, look at the man going to be in a woman's role. And that was, and I actually told my mom, I was like, you should, you should email them because you notice this and you feel like this was not appropriate. Mm-hmm. That is, that is something that, that also fires me up because like, why are we looking at this role and suddenly going like, well, look at him have to fill into this woman's role. Like what inherently makes that role for women just because the vice president has never been a woman? Right. It's really not that difficult. Like those positions of the first lady, they typically find a, um, they typically are going, you know, and it has evolved. I mean, it continues to evolve, but like you look at this and like they usually have organizations, um, things that they support, um, things that they're really active in. That doesn't change if you're a man or a woman. These things right. are, these things are still true. And honestly, if he changes that position for some, for some, for the better, cool. Like, yeah, exactly. it's not like you have to be, you know, <laughs> it, it's these are all kind of a little bit archaic in some ways so like if if he goes in there and he's like yeah I don't really feel like doing the job quite like it has been written before great right because I hope that there are other men in that role going forward and so it's okay to evolve and I don't think that evolving and and making spaces for everyone in in anything Mm -hmm. is a bad thing and I don't understand how and or why some people can't get past that. I understand that things have been in a certain way for so long, but... And change is hard. It is hard, but... But it's good change. Exactly. So I, that's the one part that I always get, like, hiccuped on. You know, like, I take pause and I'm like, I just don't understand, like, why can't it be different? Like, what's so bad about it being different? What's so bad about a woman being vice president? What's so bad about then her, the, husband. her husband being... Whatever that title what is. is that title? <laughs> um, you know, what's so bad about a female kicking for a football team if she's good at it? If you're qualified for a position, it doesn't matter what gender you are. It would have been second lady, so it would probably yeah. be second man. Second sir. Yeah. Second oh, sir. I like that. Um, yeah, I mean, these are the things that, like, it's, it's 
different, but it's not a bad different. Right. And these are the things where, again, not to stick in the political lane, but I think it helps bring some context. So um, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris recently announced their communications team. Mm-hmm. I think there were six or seven people. These are all leadership roles, director positions. Like, um, this, this is not the entire team. And now to be clear, the people who hired this team are two men. It was Joe Biden and his chief of staff, mm-hmm. um, which are two men. And they have now hired this group of leaders and directors to oversee the communications for um, both the office of the president and office of the vice president. Mm-hmm. All of them are women. And a lot of people were very... Um, fired up about that my question would be would you have noticed if all of them were men no like if that if that had been released and all of the six or seven people on there had been men would you have batted an eye and the answer is probably not because that's what we're used to we're used to seeing men in these roles and so when you see all women it's suddenly like oh my but that's not a bad thing because as many people pointed out like they were hired by two men exactly (laughs) and they're going to have these full staffs of people which i assume will also include men men are not being left out of this like y'all still have very much a seat at the table all of that all of this is all of this is whether it's in it doesn't matter what world it doesn't matter whether it's medicine science sports politics um just keep going like literally Mm -hmm. i'm sure any of your jobs all women are asking for is a seat at the table right they're not asking to shove you out of your seat they're like i'm sitting at a table right now and there are four three chairs we'll pretend there was a fourth there's plenty of room at this table where you could pull up you know quite a few more chairs right that's all we're asking we're not asking to get rid of we're not saying, hey, person sitting there, get out. We're saying, hey, do you think it'd be cool if you scooted over just a little bit to your left and we'll pull this chair into your right? Now we have a little bit more diversity at the table. That's literally all it is. Yeah. It's it, it. Diversity isn't a bad thing. No. There's going to be ideas or maybe a different way of doing things that are brought up that you hadn't thought of just by diversifying the people at your table. That's all we are ever asking for or talking about when we bring up these topics. Like, yes, it can get heated. And I know that you guys can hear the emotion in our voices when we talk about it. But we've lived some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. We've experienced some of the hateful words or the put downs or the comments on looks. Like, we talk about this stuff because we are coming from experience. And frankly, we're sick and f- tired of it. And it's okay to diversify. I just... I think growth is good. Growth is good. And I think sometimes when you think about the history of things and how we really as a country are not that old, um, the history of things is not that like when we talk about the civil rights movement, it really was not that long ago. So for us to be like, hey, civil rights solve that problem. Mm. It, it, no, that wasn't that long ago. I mean, think about when it was not cool to have um, people of color in the same locker room as white people. Think yeah. about how, how that really wasn't that long ago. In fact, the person who I just brought up his name, because, I, I mean, his story is one worth reading, is George Flippin, the first African-American football player for the University of Nebraska. That was a thing where, like, teams did not want to even play Nebraska because yeah. of him on the roster. So think about it like that. Like, he that was 1891 to 1894. That seems like a long time ago, but it's really not. And so when you think about the fact that, like, Missouri refused to 
this is all coming full circle because Missouri was the team, but Missouri was very supportive. I will say there was a really cool photo of a Missouri fan in the stands. who was like, um, I'm a, I'm a fan of Missouri, but today I'm cheering for Sarah Fuller. Mm -hmm. Go Sarah. And I love that. But anyway, the university of Missouri refused to play and forfeited the game because of Flippin's presence on that team. That was not, 1891 to 1894 like when you think about it that really wasn't that long ago and so when we sit down and we think about our world think about what wasn't okay 100 125 years ago and think about things that still weren't okay 60 years ago and things that were still you know I mean even when you think about like the LGBTQ plus community like Mm -hmm that community is also still fighting for its, its civil rights. But like how, I mean, it hasn't even been that long since it's been constitutional for a member of the LGBTQ plus community to get married. These are things that like, when I think about Sarah Fuller, what Sarah Fuller did, which to bring it all back for you all, she didn't tell any of you that your dreams are different. She didn't change anything really in the big, in, Bear with me here. She changed a lot. But I'm yes. saying she didn't change anything in the way that, like, it doesn't change your life. Right. It's not going to change your dreams. It's not going to change what you are capable of or able to do or not able to do. But she did change it for so many people who thought something wasn't possible that now yes. will. And if that is not in the cards for your daughter or somebody that you know, it's not in the cards for them. There's something else out in this world for them. Right. But what she did was show them that it's possible. So where you may sit down and go, doesn't feel like that big of a deal. It's a huge deal for some people. It's a huge deal. And you may not realize that now, but when there's a six-year-old girl out there right now who's looking at the football and going, you know, that seems pretty That seems pretty cool. Yeah. She's now going to see Sarah Fuller and go, yeah, I can do that. And that is what makes that significant. So if you are sincerely upset about it, and I don't think anyone who listens to this podcast would be, but <laughs> right. if, if you, if you like, I just think if, if I could say anything to the people that are, I would just say, go have a conversation with some women in your life. Mm-hmm. Maybe ask your daughters, like, what does something like this mean to you? Like when you see Sarah out on a football field, because you might be surprised by what they say. Yeah. And here's the thing depending on their age, they might be like, I don't really care because they're kids. Right. <laughs> but you might be surprised too, though. You might be surprised how just like for them, they might just simply go like, yeah, that seems normal mm-hmm. because that's good. It should seem normal. Yes. And that's why when we talk about these things, we need to be more cel- We need to celebrate women like Sarah Fuller. Mm-hmm. And you know what? We need to celebrate every single person that built her up that moment too so trust me for every single NFL player that tweeted about her I've noticed for every single Nebraska player that I have had the privilege of covering that I saw tweet about her I noticed Mm -hmm. for every person who chose to be an ally in this I noticed because you are as much a part of this as we are Mm -hmm. as women we can only do so much we need we need men to also step up too yeah and so if you were somebody who was like, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to say, this is cool. You, you are, you are a part of something that is going to make it easier for women. Yes, you are. So 
I just have to say, I really like Sarah Fuller. She's, I really enjoy her. <laughs> her her photo, awesome. her photo, it's so cool. Like, here's the thing. The photo that they put up on her bio on uh, the Vanderbilt website, her kicking form is fantastic. Mm. You can tell she's a soccer player, but how many soccer players end up being kickers on football teams? Exactly. We should give Alex Henry a call. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's not uncommon. And so I look at this photo of her and I'm like, if you didn't tell a single person who was in that uniform, they would have no idea because at the end of the day, a human being did their job mm-hmm. and that human being just happened to be Sarah Fuller. And she, she took that football and she just smashed a, a glass ceiling. I hope it opens. Yeah. I hope it opens a bunch of doors for a bunch of, and I will be so excited to see all of those young women who end up continuing, like, keep passing those ladders down. Yes. Once, yes. That's the thing is Sarah's doing this now. Once once you get there, keep passing those ladders down. So I'm excited to see what this does. Me too. I do appreciate, I have to say really quick, um, you can always email us at um, mindyourownpodcast at hillvarsity.com. You can also leave us a review on um, iTunes or Apple Podcasts. I always say iTunes. I don't know. <laughs> I'm Erin Sorensen. She's... At Sasha72. Yes. You can always tweet at us. We do appreciate it because here's the thing. You have made a space for this type of podcast, and I'm really grateful for it because I will be honest, there are a lot of times I come in here with so much that I want to say, no idea how to say it, but it's it's really nice to be able to just have a place to talk about this because I do think it's sometimes difficult to be a woman in sports to talk about these things, but I'm really grateful to all of you for giving us the chance to do it. Yeah, we appreciate you. We do. Now, get out there and go smash some ceilings or help some people do it. See you next Wednesday. Bye. You love Husker sports. We love Husker sports. So that means you need to catch Big Red Wrap-Up. Game highlights, analysis, all of it on NET, Nebraska's PBS and NPR stations. It's every Tuesday night live at 7 on NET World and Facebook, and then again at 10 on NET. That's Central Standard Time, though, for those of you who do not live in Nebraska. Again, you love the Huskers. We love the Huskers. Don't miss Big Red Wrap-Up.